are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, it's an honor to be here again. And you've passed your cold snap, so praise the Lord. Because I, I saw it on there, and I was like, showing my wife, I said, hmm, that's cold. Because we're complaining about 28, you know, at 28 degrees in Sacramento, California, your pipes start cracking, and there's lines at the Home Depot, because people are getting the wrap to put around their, their plastic, you know, <laughs> sprinkler pipes. We don't know what really cold is. You have all this white stuff out here. I know you call it snow. We call it a trip to Tahoe, <laughs> but you live with it. But it's great if your yard is messy or anything's messed up. When that snow comes, you've cleaned up. No one can see it. I want to talk to you this morning about change and how vital it is for us right now in this day and time in the Lord. It is vital for us to be proactive in our lives right now. Maybe there's areas in your life that you've just kind of been letting go. As Christians, we have those areas. And I'm not just talking about Bible study. I'm not just talking about devotions. I'm talking about our communication with our mates. I'm talking about our communication with our children. I'm talking about our thought life. I'm talking about beginning to bring some things under the wisdom of God. For we know that the wisdom of God is first pure, then peaceable. So if you want peace that surpasses all understanding in your life, go for the wisdom of God. I want to say it again. If you want peace that surpasses all understanding, go for the wisdom of God. For the wisdom of God is, first of all, pure. What does that mean? There's no mixture. There's no worldly effort in there. There's no intellectualism in there. There's no rationalization in there. There's no justification in there. It's just the pure Word of God, the pure wisdom of God. And it says, first of all, pure, then peaceable. And then it says this, easily entreatable. How many need some things to be easier in your life? Well, you see, when your friend comes to you and talks to you and tells them, tells you their opinion about something, that's not easily entreatable. But when we get to that place where we're spending time in an intimate place with God, and the wisdom of God is beginning to flow, then we have less to say. I'm giving you a secret. Stay with me. Everybody say less. Okay? Less to say, but a greater impact in the lives of those around us. The wisdom of God is first of all pure, then peaceable, easily entreatable. It means it goes down with a sweetness. How many would like people to come to you and then they have something to say to you from God? It goes down with a sweetness. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't get that and go, whew, got to get that off me. No, it's easily entreatable because it says it's sown without partiality. There's not opinion, you see. There's not feelings involved. There's not emotions involved. It's pure. Without partiality and without hypocrisy. You know what that means? They're not putting on an act. You see, they've just come from the presence of God. And when you come from the presence of God, you have something to impart. Guess what that is? It's not your opinion. Everybody say not. My opinion. 
It's the wisdom of God. And it produces, everybody say produce. A harvest, it says, of righteousness or right alignment. You see, you can go on to every internet thing you want to right now and you can find good sermons and you can find you can find lessons on everything. You can find lessons on how to prophesy. You can find lessons on how to, you know, how, how, to, how to do all kinds of things, everything you want. But listen, what if those things are not where God wants you to be right now? What if you have to go back to a place and pick up where you left off with God before you can move on? You see, that's what happened to me in 2011 when I got cancer. God said, what you're doing for me is hindering what I want to do in you. But I was so far where God and I left off, and Pastor Hayward and all the churches in Canada, we had great moves of God. People were being saved by the groves, delivered by the groves. Listen, all of that was good in the kingdom, but you see... God's focus wasn't just on what he could produce, you know, through me. His focus was on what he could produce in me. Let me say that again. What he can produce in me. You see, for a lot of years, Jesus Christ was in obscurity. Everybody say obscurity. That means he wasn't manifested yet. He was learning things about life. He was learning things about himself. So often the church provides a place for people to begin to work their ministry. But I see in this day and age right now what God's saying is, I want to do an effectual work in my people. And I am doing some deep things inside them. So a lot of what's going on right now with you is because you're kind of leaning on your own understanding. And you got a little bit of this from this place, and a little bit of this from this place, and a little bit of this from this place, and a little dab over here, and a little dab over there, and a little bit here, and woo, got a little back here, and a little over there. But you see, we got a little of a lot of different things. But we need... The wisdom of God. What does that look like? That looks like when I have the wisdom of God and the wisdom of God has me, I'm not anxiously looking about me. I'm not waiting for you to give me a word. I'm not waiting for somebody to come up to me to do something. Because you see, something is already going on inside me. And it's almost like what is going on inside me is saying, no, 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 no. To everything else around me. Because God wants an exclusive with me. Do you, do you hear me? An exclusive with you. God is raising up a remnant. Everybody say remnant. Ruth isn't the only Ruth that will ever live. David is not the only mighty warrior that will ever live. Elijah is not the only mighty prophet that will take on Jezebel and Baal. God even told Elijah when he felt like he was the only one left. Didn't he say 7,000 others yet that haven't bowed their knee to Baal? Listen, Elijah, this mighty man of God, right? That said, thus saith the Lord. He took the enemy down with voluntary worship and praise. That's how it started. He prepared the stones. He did everything for the fire of the Lord to come. But it all started with worship. I want to say it again. It all started with worship. Worship is not just singing songs. Worship is building an altar in your heart to God. 
to where when you're walking along in your daily life, God can go, Daniel? Yes, Lord. This is the way. Walk in it. Walk in it. But Lord, I was going that way. Yeah. Yeah. Can I get an amen? Amen all by myself. But Lord, I was going that way. Lord, I already talked myself into going that way. Do you know how much work and effort I've put into talking myself into going that way? Because that way was contrary to what the Holy Spirit inside me was saying. It took a lot of work for me to have this argument with the Holy Spirit and put Him off to the side and say, Lord, I'm going this way. And by the way, my best friend Charles said, I should go that way. And Sandy said I should go that way. And my mother said I should go that way. And all of a sudden you hear this. Yahweh, it ain't about your way. This is the way. Walk in it. Why? Let me tell you. God doesn't want you repeating the generational propensities of your past generations. Do you hear me? God wants you to be the one that does identificational repentance over those past generations. You are the generational curse breaker. That is the wisdom of the Lord. But it starts with worship. That's where it starts. It starts with a change of attitude to gratitude. And let me tell you something. Gratitude does not run off intentions. Because gratitude that's intended but never spoken is perceived as ingratitude. God wants us to call each other to life. But first, we have to be called to life by Christ. So he says, this is the way, walk in it. God does not want one person in here repeating the failures of the past. Do you hear me? Not one. His voice is so clear. You are the remnant that He's calling out. You are the one to have a successful marriage. Maybe you come from a long line of people that are unfaithful and divorced and all those things. But you can stand up and say, as for me and my house, put your finger right here. Say, this is my house that God lives in. And that makes it His house. And devil, you don't get to touch my house. Right? You don't get to touch this house. This doesn't belong to you. I've been bought and paid for with a price. The mortgage is over. The bank can't come and say, you owe me. This is paid in full by the blood of Jesus Christ. And listen to me. There is power in the blood of Jesus over Satan. There's power. But how often do we use the blood of Jesus? How often do we use what was shed on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins to stand up to the enemy? Who says, oh God doesn't love you now because you sin. Listen, God doesn't love you because of how you behave. God loves you because of His perfect will. It's His will that none should perish, but all should have everlasting life, right? So this is the year, 2014. 14 is made up of double sevens. And seven is about completion and perfection. I believe God wants to complete and perfect His intimacy in His saints. 
to where you're not running to somebody else and saying, tell me what God says about me. Tell me what God thinks about me. Tell me what God feels about me. Because you woke up in the morning and the thoughts of God over you that are as numerous as the sand on the seashore, you woke up in the deluge of the thoughts of God. And you responded to those thoughts. You go, I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. He loves me unconditionally. He's calling me. But it's all about wisdom. It all starts with wisdom. And wisdom says, there are some things that I'm doing in my life right now that have been patterns and they have to be broken. I have to be proactive. I have to take a stand. There are some things that I have to begin to do differently because I don't want to end up in the same place of the past generations. Amen? How many want to be overcomers? You see, the Lord said you're already an overcomer, right? You're more than conquerors. But listen, you're not more than conquerors with passivity. That didn't break the Midianite curse for Gideon's group. See, what broke the Midianite curse was the wisdom of God coming into their camp and speaking to Gideon and God telling him who he was and what he was about to do. And also, for the first time in his life, God giving Gideon his identity. That was the thoughts of God over Gideon begin to take over in Gideon. And he overthrew the generational curse of the Midianites that every year stole the harvest. They worked hard planting the harvest and that Midianite curse, the Midianites came because of passivity and because they didn't know who they were in God. They didn't have the wisdom of God. You see, they had their collective knowledge that they all come together in and made some decisions, but they were not godly decisions. They were not wisdom. Church, this is the year that God's bringing us into a wisdom that says no to everything around us. And let me tell you some things it'll say no to. It'll say no to that iPhone and all those texts and everything else that you can't stop for a minute. You know what I'm saying? They all make noise now, right? And you set certain noise for certain things. Beep, it goes. You're, oh, I wonder who texted. I wonder who it is. And the devil says, I can just send a text and take you away from prayer, take you away from meditation, take you away from wisdom. And God says, will you set your life aside this year for me? What does that look like? I can't tell you for your life. For my life, it's been a two, three, four-year journey that I wasn't expecting. Everything changed. But do you want to know what changed the most? I did. I did. My marriage did. My relationship with my children did. My relationship with other people in my life changed. Everything changed because the wisdom of God began to flow. And God began to put up some barriers in my life and say, you can't do this. I, uh, this year was the first year. I have a granddaughter. She'll be uh, one on the 20th. Her name is Kyla Marie. She's so awesome. At nine months, she walked. And she's jabbering a lot and doing a lot of things. But when she came into my house, I have a two-story. So I had to go get all the gates. How many, you remember, you know, the gates? You got to get all the gates, right? Because you can't just let them go anywhere in the house, right? So I got gates here and this here and that there. So I'm mapping out where she can walk and where she's going to end up, right? 
That's exactly what God wants to do. He wants to map out our footsteps where we need to be walking so that we receive what we need to go to the next level in our lives. It takes wisdom. Everybody say that word with me, wisdom. And wisdom comes from God. And it comes from being still and knowing that it's God. Psalm 46.10. It comes from just resting in the presence of God. And here's what it comes from. Silence. Wisdom is produced in the midst of silence. How many of us are so used to activity? Do you realize what the internet do you realize what the iPhones, the iPads, everything else, we're the most connected generation in history. And it's very hard for us to unconnect. How many would agree? So we're connected. So we're easily distracted. And we're not easily attracted to God's still small voice when he wants to call us away and impart something into us. Everybody say impart. See, I see this in the culture that's raised, being raised up in the church is that we're missing out on the impartation of the spirit of the living God in our lives. Paul said in Romans 1.11, I long to come to you that I might impart some spiritual gift so that you would be strengthened and established in God. You see, God is wanting to come to you right now and speak to you and say, this is what I'm up to. Give me this area of your heart and I'll take you from fear, being fearful to being faithful. I'll take you from being discouraged to walking in courage. I'll take you out of that place of being double-minded to where you have the mind of the Lord and you're no longer tossed to and fro by every wind and every wave of doctrine, but there is such a solidarity in your life that you have such a stand on what you believe and where you're at that I could produce all the evidence that I wanted to in my own opinions and thoughts, but I could never move you away from where God called you to be. Church, we're so easy. There goes the phone now. We're so easily, I'm kidding. We're so easily moved away from the place that God is calling us to by offerings from the enemy. And they're merely distractions. God is calling you to that place where all the desires for everything right now that distracts you, whether it's your favorite television show, whether it's any of those things. And there's nothing wrong with TV. I'm not down on it. But I'm down on it if I watch it to self-medicate my depression and my discouragement and my loneliness and I start having a fantasy life with the characters on the TV, amen, all by myself, I sit in at Starbucks sometimes and there's people talking. I think, how terrible is that in their life? I mean, man, they need Jesus or whatever. And they're talking about some soap opera. It's not even real people. And they're all caught up. <gasps> Did you hear she had cancer? I think, what? And they're all, you know, I got little tears in their eyes. I go, what? Really? You know, I'm thinking, is it a friend of yours? Oh, no, no. And her husband cheated on her. I thought, well, this person's really going through it. But it's a soap opera. And do you ever notice their names? Like the Guiding Light. That's the name of the soap opera. The Guiding Light. The Days of Our Lives. The days of our lives is exactly as the same as it was when I watched it when I was a teenager. Some of the same people are on there. They're still propping them up. And I'm thinking, 
<laughs> she's old and done. I mean, she's still saying the same things. He said, that's not very kind. It's just the truth. New blood. God is calling you out to be the remnant. How many want to be that remnant? That remnant, listen, that remnant that he uses, you're not even expecting it. You walk into the airport and God says, I want you to pray for that person in the wheelchair. That person comes out of the wheelchair. Everybody around them and their family, they're awestruck. Next thing you know, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. And that generational curse over that family is broken in a moment's notice. But you see, once it's broken in your life, once you've gone through it, then you have authority over it. How many need that authority over some things in your life? Right? Once you go through it, you have authority over it. And once you gain that authority, I see your new little baby there, and I'm looking, I'm going, oh man, you see, be the generational curse breaker, right? You, you, don't, you don't want your son, your daughter, anyone struggling with any of the things that came out of our past or anything else. We, we want to be able to speak, Lord, I declare and I decree over my little granddaughter. And I remember in, in San Antonio, Texas, I took her into Austin, Texas, Kyla Marie, to meet a friend of mine. And Jane is over 80 years old, and she's one of the most powerful intercessors I know. She's been my spiritual mom. And she wanted to sit next to Kyla. And Kyla doesn't necessarily sit still, and she started speaking into her. And Kyla leaned into her, and she was just talking to her and speaking to her. And she says, Kyla's spirit, it's of the next generation. This is a remnant set apart from God. She is going to be powerful in God. She already responds to the presence of God. She already knows the presence of God. And I'm going, oh, God, bring it. Just bring it on, Jesus. That's awesome. Kyla's mom responds to the presence of God. And a long time ago, I decided I'm going to be the generational curse breaker, and we broke all of those things because I didn't want my children struggling with any of those familiar spirits. Are you with me? So this is about the wisdom of God. He says, if any man lacks it, and it lacks it, and Lance spoke it this morning. If any man lacks it, let him ask of God, and God won't upbraid him, but he'll give it to him with generosity. Everybody say generosity. What does generosity look like? There's no holding back. There's no withholding spirit in it. You ask God for wisdom. Lord, I don't know what to do. And you know what Jesus says? I do. Do you realize that every day of your life, no matter what your problem is, and every time you say, I don't know what to do, you will hear God saying back to you, I do. I know exactly what to do, and I know exactly how to do it. So I put all these gates around my, my house and all these things to keep Kyla from getting hurt and, and having any problems, but let me tell you this. I didn't count on that the dog was going to have an attitude with her. And the dog didn't tolerate her. And I didn't put a gate around the dog, so the dog nipped her on the face. And I go, oh, that's not good. Oh, that's not good. My son-in-law's not going to like that. My daughter's not going to like that. But here's what happened beforehand. She was over at the in-laws, and they have hardwood floors, and around the Christmas tree, they had this, you know, this skirt that goes around it, and Kyla had taken a major header there, cracked her head on the hardwood floor, and with one of her toys, kind of busted up her lip a little bit, so they were kind of prepared for the next thing, and the next thing wasn't as big as what happened <laughs> at the other house. So I got off easy. I just kind of took a sigh of relief and went, Whew. and my son-in-law goes, Dad, it's okay. It's just a scrape. 
because I was planning the dog's funeral. That wouldn't happen to Buddy, though. Oh, man. (laughs) God is calling us to be the remnant. And I said all that to say this. He is calling you into this place with him where he can displace everything in your life that is not of him. Hear me. I say the word displace. God wants to displace things in your lives. Thoughts, habits, ways of communication, ways that we think, how we think about things. Where we get those impressions. The story that we tell ourselves about what's going on. God wants to change all those things. And it all comes from wisdom. And in Ephesians 1.17, Paul says, I pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. With wisdom comes revelation. The revealed knowledge of God. Not what you've worked out in your head, not the thing that you've planned, all of those things, but the revealed knowledge of God. And the revealed knowledge of God will lead you into the breakthrough for your life. You will go through this thing. You will go through whatever is hindering you, whatever is harassing you. There will be a breakthrough for you. But it does not come. It does not come from you making your own decision about it. It comes from you going into the presence of God and saying, Lord Jesus, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. I can't make this work. And in 1 Chronicles 14, God taught David about the breakthrough. And David would inquire of God, which means to investigate with great intensity what God was up to. And it went like this. God, shall I go up against the Philistines? And here was the next thing. Will you deliver them into my hands? God, shall I and will you? God is calling all of us into this place of intimacy with Him. He's calling us away from all the things that so easily distract us. What distracts me? Oh, I worry if I don't pick up a call because I'm a counselor or psychologist. I worry if I don't pick up a call. You know what I'm saying? Something bad is going to happen to somebody. And the other day, I didn't pick up this call a couple of times. And you know what the Lord said to me? I got this. And I didn't respond. You know, I didn't go, oh, oh, God, you've got it. It was kind of like, oh, oh, God, you know, this this is a pretty tricky situation here. I started explaining it to God, right? Like, Lord, you know that, you you know, his wife left him and this is pretty quick. And, you know, he's kind of suicidal and he said a few things. He doesn't have a plan yet. He's only in stage one and all. And I'm talking to God about all these things. And the Lord says, I got this. I had him before you ever came into his life. And I'll have him when he transitions When you transition out of his life, I got this. When you're dealing with people, it's not about spending more time with people, it's about spending more time with God so you have more to offer people. In the name of Jesus. It all comes down to you and I spending more time in the presence of the Lord. Because in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. How many joy in your lives? Inexpressible and full of glory. 
How many would like to be happy? How many strive to be happy? Let me see your hands. Hold them up. Stop it. To be happy, you have to be in control and manipulate your circumstances. Happiness is made up of the English root word happenstance. God is not looking for us to be happy. God's looking for us to be full of His joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. God wants you to live in any circumstance there is and not fall apart. He wants you to be able to be joyful no matter what you're going through and those around you going, what's wrong with you? Why, why aren't you upset? I'd be really upset over that. Because the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that comes from the wisdom of God is supporting me right now completely. I am being supported completely. I don't need what you're saying or what you're saying or what you're saying or what the devil's saying or anything else. I am being completely supported by the wisdom of God. How many need that? Because you see, when I went through cancer, here's what God said to me. Do you trust me? I said, Lord, I don't know. I've never been through this before. Yes, Lord, I trust you, but I trust you with reservations. You know what, you know what, you know what I'm saying? Anybody ever been there? I'm just being honest. I trust you with reservations. And you, you know what God said? You're going to learn to trust me in all things, in all ways. You're going to learn. So last year was a tough year. How many would say yes? 2013, the year of the threshing floor. The year where God did some separating of some things in our lives and in our hearts. It was about our hearts because out of the abundance of our heart does our mouth speak. How many need to speak some better things out of your mouth over your own life? Over your own marriage? Over your own families? Over your own circumstances? Wouldn't it be awesome, Pastor Lance, if everybody in here, they were going through tough things and all of a sudden, you know, like this family here, all of a sudden you just hear them stand up and go, I declare and I decree in the name of Jesus Christ that we're more than overcomers, right? And we're going to walk through this and walk it out with God. And there, if God is for us, who can be against us? And that settles it. We need the Spirit of God in the body of Christ. We're all one body. Do you believe that? We need the Spirit of God moving in our midst in that wisdom where the peace of God is so strong that the only thing being displaced in our midst is sin and the assignments of the wicked one. But it's not you and I. Because you and I have found our place in the secret place of the Most High God, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, saying that He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. If we were to be really honest, how many say, I'm not quite there yet? Let me see your hands. I'm not quite there yet. But I need to get there so that the enemy is not getting to these areas in my heart, in my life anymore. I need to get there. What does it take? I'm almost done. What does it take? Everybody say with me, a plan. It takes a plan. How many believe that God had a plan when he created the heavens and the earth? How many believe he had a plan when he sent Jesus to the earth? How many believe that God has a plan for your life when it's over? That this ain't it. There's more after this. Amen? Where there's no more suffering, there's no more tears, right? Right? 
where we're with Jesus forever. But here's the thing. God wants us to begin to enter into a plan of intimacy with Him so we're not so easily displaced by the voices of this world right now, by the impressions of our family, by generational curses, by other things. We're not so easily displaced. How many say, I want to be an overcomer? That there are some things that I can begin to do right now differently. I can go home and begin to do some new things. I may have to start and stop them. I may have to practice them. But Hebrews 5.14 says, by way of exercise, we can discern between good and evil. How many need some discernment working in your life? And in your heart. I want you to stand with me. I want to pray with you. I want to teach you a word. How many are into hockey? Football? Baseball? Snowboarding? Wakeboarding? Kayaking? Missile launching? I'm holding it the best for last. Hunting. Bing, 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 bing. Whoop, 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 whoop. Hunting. How many before you go on a trip, you make sure you have ammo? You make sure you have your favorite gun? with your favorite sight on it, with your scope, with your favorite hunting gear, your lucky pants that you got the bear with. You don't just go out there half-hearted. You have a plan. Because you're hunting something because you have an intention of what? Say it with me. I'll listen to you guys. I'm not going to talk. You are going out to kill something. Say it with me. Kill. And you have a plan and you have a license, right? A permit. Or a friend with a license and a permit. You have a plan that you're going to carry out so that you're going to be successful. God had a plan that had the name of Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, and His blood all over that plan. And He set out to kill sin and death over the world. Amen. This, most of us, I can say, can't speak for all of us, we're not living our best Christ-empowered lifestyle. I want someone that's sick when they come to me. I want the dunamis of God, the power of God to heal, to be present so they can be healed. Somebody comes to me for salvation in my office. I want the dunamis power of God to be present so they can be delivered 
and saved. Are you with me? When my long-lost friend or whoever comes, I want the presence of God, the power of God to be present so that Jesus Christ can carry out His will in their life just like He did in mine. Question. Are you living your best Christ-like life? Or are there some changes and some things that you can do differently right now that will begin to change everything 90 days from now, 120 days from now? that will begin to overthrow all the assignments of the wicked one in your life, that will begin to overthrow the mindsets of the wicked one in your life, that will begin to work so voraciously in your heart that you won't see your wife the way that you've seen her. You won't see your husband the way that you've seen him. You will no longer listen to the enemy's stirring, but you will begin to hear the thoughts of God over you that are as numerous as the sand on the seashore once again. How many that are standing right now would lift your hand and say, I'm not living my best Christ-like life? Just about every one of us. Why? Because God is raising up a remnant right now to overthrow. Can I tell you what He wants to overthrow? He wants to overthrow unbelief in the world. Unbelief in our lives. It limits God to what He can do in our lives. The Bible says Jesus couldn't do very many miracles there, just a few things because of their unbelief. How many would be willing to be proactive? Let me give you a new word, and you can look it up in the dictionary. It's called myelination. And myelination takes place over the neuron pathways in your mind, and it's kind of a fatty white tissue that wraps up and helps the signal Move along with no distraction and hindrances. There's somebody here that knows about that looking at me. Right on. Listen, every professional athlete can do what they do because of myelination. They practice it so much that it's subconscious. They don't even have to think about it. See, I want you, church, to come in this year and practice the presence of God so much that you don't even have to be thinking about it, but it's subconscious. It's already going on in you all the time where there's the no to the plans of the enemy, where there's the no to the lies of the enemy, where it's you're just practicing it and you're saying, the Word of God says this, and pretty soon you're laying in bed at night and the enemy comes to you and he's ready to attack you. And all of a sudden, you hear out of your mouth saying, but the word of God says, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And you're in your sleep. You're not even awake. And you're doing and defending this process that God wants to bring you in to be this mighty remnant that overthrows the kingdom powers of darkness. Can you say Amen. Myelination. You have an argument with your husband. You come back 15 minutes later. You cool down. You link out. You link your hands together. And you say to your husband, we're going to create secure attachment here together. We're going to bond together. And you hold hands. And you pray together. And you repent to each other. And you have resolution. And you myelinate. And it begins to change your last memory. And you begin to build new and lasting memories. And pretty soon, subconsciously, there is an overthrow of the kingdom of darkness in your life. And you are doing things that you never thought you could do and you're not even thinking about them anymore they're just happening 
How many need that? How many say, I want that? Let me hear you say, I want that. If you want that, you say, Jesus. Say it loud. I want that. I want a new mind. But I'm going to have to practice the wisdom of God. So I want to pray over you. Put your hands up. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray for metamorphosis over the minds of your sons and your daughters. And I know that there are spirits that rage against them. So I come against in the name of Jesus Christ and loose everyone in this room from mind-altering spirits in the name of Jesus. And that you will have a soundness over your mind. That God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And God has not called you to be poor, destitute. You're not on the outside looking in. You need to speak to the devil and you need to say, I am adopted. I am fully in the beloved's house. He loves me. I am his. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.